All right. A few more announcements. Uh, how many of you know that we are going to three services coming up? And the times of those services are 8.30, 10, and 11.30. You guys have already committed that to memory. You guys are so good. Or it's on the board behind me. They did that first service like, man, you guys know it better than I do. But you guys have a cheat sheet you're looking at. Our encouragement to you has been to serve one and... Okay, serve two, sit one, no? Well, somebody said, yeah, oh, sure, you can, go, you can do that. But really, our, our heart is that you would, you would commit to serve one and then sit for a service, okay? So I, and I think if we commit to doing that, we'll have a well-serviced house of the Lord. Uh, another announcement. In the lobby, you may have seen a form. It was a community prevention and wellness initiative. It's a, lot of, it's a survey in the lobby. And it is from the Washington State Healthcare Authority, and this is kind of what this, um, this form is about. It says, we're interested in your opinions about youth substance use in our community. Your responses will help inform and improve prevention programs for our youth. It will take about five to seven minutes. It's anonymous, so if you can do that, and you have a few minutes for that, that would be great. And uh, our last announcements before we dive into the word today is, uh, after service, we are going to be taking out this beautiful old linoleum floor. How many of you are going to be sad to see it go? I knew it. I knew there would be a few. I knew there would be a few. I'm not one of you. I'm super stoked to see this. This is, yeah, this is an old elementary school, right? This is the cafeteria. There used to be a basketball hoop. I don't know, on either end, maybe. Definitely on that end. Underneath this floor, we hope, is some wonderful concrete. Now, it is there. And the team has come in, and they're going to, polish this up and sand it down and do all kinds of wonderful things. And then when you spill your coffee, it goes on concrete. So hopefully not a big deal. But we need your help after service to stack the chairs and to move them out of the sanctuary. Look at the chair in front of you. Look down. Do you see that little, have you guys noticed those little coffee holders we've had installed? Those are nice. Before we stack, please push those in or they will bend and then we have to replace them. Okay. Does that sound good? All right, let's jump into the sermon. My name is Cameron Luft. I am the youth pastor here. And Pastor Doug and Lois are ministering today at Pastor Terry Roots Church. Uh, old time, long. They've known each other for years in Burlington, Washington. Uh, so I have the privilege of bringing the sermon today. The title is, you see it in your notes, Our Values, the 10 Gs, not the OGs. <laughs> what is an OG? It is the original gangster. Somebody was challenging me to, to rap to the OG. And a Dr. Dre song. You don't need to go looking up Dr. Dre either. But a doctor, old, old school. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low down G's are going crazy. Now, Dr. Dre says, death row is the label that pays me. But somebody said, Cameron, you should say, Harbor City Church is the label that pays me. So... The OGs. And then another, another guy came to me and said, do you know who the OG is? Oh, who's the OG? The one God. The one only, true God. The only, hey, he's the OG. Hey, I like that. That, that helped me out. All right. Um, the hallway outside that goes down the kids' wing, uh, if you've ever been down there, have you ever seen these? We have 10, like, paintings on the wall. They're red. Has anybody seen those? Has anybody not seen them? 
Hmm. The hands didn't match the amount of people here, so... You weren't going to get in trouble if you didn't see him. I, I, I tend to think that the familiar becomes hidden. So I, I ask a lot of people, have you seen those signs? No. But there, there are 10 G's on there, and each G is a value that we have here at Harbor City Church. And I heard a sermon recently at a conference about a pastor in Atlanta, and he talked about reaffirming the foundation, not a new foundation. We have a great foundation here. And God has been doing great things. And I thought, you know, there is some values that we have in our church that I've seen so many new faces and some old faces, but I think we know that God has been adding to this church. And I thought, I would like to take a day to just go over those 10 Gs, the 10 values that we have as a church. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I believe that we here at Harbor City Church are most blessed because we have attended to the vision and the values that God has revealed to us. So let's jump into the 10 values. We'll go right through them. The first one is great faith. We are are faith-filled, big thinking, dream big, bet the farm risk takers. We will never insult God with small thinking and safe living. How many of you know that we are going to three services? And how many of you have, now we are going to open up another, another service, but we haven't seen those, seen those seats filled yet. But it does take eyes of faith to say, you know what, I, we believe that by faith when we open up that, that third service, it's just going to give God more room to continue to bring in more harvest. Raise up your eyes. The harvest truly is plentiful. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Do you know that you can't please God? It actually says it is impossible to please him without faith. God loves to be believed, doesn't he? I got to go to a football game yesterday. We went from Montesano where we live down to South Bend. And my wife, I felt, was a little underdressed. She just had on a long sleeve shirt like me. And I said, it's going to be cold in South Bend, Raymond. She goes, oh, no. I I checked the weather report, and it's going to be all good down there. I said, you trust me now. You listen to your all-knowing wise husband. You bring yourself, I kind of forced her, I kind of coaxed her. Anyways, she brought the vest, and we got to South Bend, and she got out of the car. She said, it's cold down here. I said, that's what I, I know, but I'm so glad that you trusted and believed what I said to you. I kind of put myself in the position of the Lord there for a second. I shouldn't be doing that, but God loves to be believed, doesn't he? He loves to be trusted. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In Hebrews 11, verse 1 through 2, the New Century Version, it says this, Faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real, even if we do not see it with your physical eyes. But, you know, we have our, our heart has eyes. Our heart can see things with the eyes of faith. And so we believe as we open up a third service, God is going to fill those seats. I just, I love speaking it first and then seeing it happen. It's, it's, it's just, it's a fun thing. We'll, we'll see it. Also, if you go down the, the corridor, the hallway down the city kids' classrooms, I'm not encouraging you to go down there, but there is a door, and I think if you open it, an alarm can go off. I actually got to, so we are re, reclaiming, or God is re-giving us that, that, that whole end of that building. 
And there's going to be some wonderful things that we're going to be doing down there. I talked to Pastor Doug, and he says, I'm going to be talking about it next Sunday. So he's going to cast vision. I don't want to, I want to let him just open up what God is going to do. But he said, tell everybody, come next Sunday. Bring the kids, family style. We've got coloring books, but Pastor Doug is going to share some great faith and some great vision. What we believe and we see with the eyes of faith God is going to do. I'd never really been down there. I did a little tour last week. It is an amazing area. All right. Great faith. Number two, going to the lost. Going to the lost. We will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. To reach people no one is reaching, we will have to do things no one else is doing. Now, some of this teaching is covered in our equip classes, but I like when it says we will do anything short of sin to reach people. We, you know, reaching people is great, but we want to do it right. When I, when I read that, I think of this uh, quote I heard years ago by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said, I have tried to make it clear that it is wrong to use immoral means to attain moral ends. So we're going to do things right, we're going to do things with integrity, and we are going to reach the lost. What is the Great Commission? Starts with one word, two letters, go, which I like because the first two letters of gospel is go. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So as a church, we have a commitment. We have a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission, understanding that this will build a great church. So we have a heart here. One of our values, one of the things that we'll do, one of the things that you will have an opportunity to do is to go to the lost. I have an image I want to show with you. This is a part of our team here. In Uganda, how amazing is that? Is there anybody in this room that happened to be on that trip? Annie, I thought you might be on that trip. We have another hand over there, Pam. And so that is, we go to Uganda, we go to Africa, uh, we go to what is it, Mexico, Arizona, Arizona, doing some stuff in Nogales. And so we, we want to go to the lost. Um, some of you may not, may not be ready, willing, or able to go international. But, you know, we do. You can go to the lost next door. I mean, you can, you can go to the lost in your neighborhood. I was even thinking of our back-to-school marketplace and all the children and families in our community that we serve. You can get in on serving on that and going to the lost in your own community. Number three, gatherings. What are we doing right now? We're gathering. We value, and, and when I say gathering and I encourage us to gather, I preach to the choir a little bit because good, good, you guys are good and well done. You, this is, you're gathering right now. We value the local church. It is the hope of the world, and we know at Harbor City Church we can accomplish far more together than apart. We try to create celebration services that are off the charts, but realize it's God's presence that makes all the difference. In worship this morning, did you sense the presence of God? My goodness, what a spirit of peace in here this morning. Hebrews 10.25 says this, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. How many of you know that the day of his return is drawing near? 
I was reading some of the words of Jesus last week, talking about end times. There's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. How many of you know there's some wars right now? And not only that, there's rumors of other wars. Well, what's the charge for us? Don't neglect the assembling of yourselves. Hey, and even the more so as you see the day is drawing near. Okay, I want to share a picture with you of my old buddy Rex from Rex Quando. Mm-hmm. Look at this bad boy. My son Cyrus said, Dad, if you're sharing the slides, you got to get the pants. I, I, didn't, I didn't get the pants. And as I was looking at this, this, this whole image, there's so much here. This is a, just an amazing crew of people here. We have, I shall respect Rex. I shall never misuse Rex Quando. I shall be a champion of freedom and justice. What does this have to do with anything that we're talking about or gathering? This is going to be a stretch. I, 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 this is from Napoleon Dynamite. But Rex Quando said something once, and it, it really it stuck with me. And I'm not going to try to talk like Rex because I, I don't have the deep Rex Quando voice. But he says, first off, at Rex Quando, we use the buddy system. No more flying solo. You need somebody watching your back at all times. Come on, I like Rex Quando's vision. Gathering. We don't do this thing alone, do we? We need to walk together, be in community, be in gathering. Matter of fact, the preacher of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12 says this. The one may be overpowered by another. Two can withstand him, and a threefold cord isn't quickly broken. That's the, that's the beauty of community and our gatherings. What happens at our gatherings? Powerful times of worship and prayer. We had wonderful worship, and I didn't know Pastor Jamie was going to have on his heart to rally us for some prayer this morning, but that's what gatherings are for. We enjoy the presence of God. We feed on God's word. Some of us have had a great breakfast today, and some of you are looking forward to a, a better lunch, and we, we love to, to feed our bodies. But Jesus said, man can't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we're here just getting our spirits fed this morning, enjoying the word of God. That's what happens at gatherings. Something else that we do here at Harbor City Church, part of the gathering, and I don't know that it's how unique it is to us, but it is something that happens here, which I appreciate, is we give an opportunity for salvation. You've been ministering a family, a friend, a loved one, and you really want them to know the Lord. Well, I like, when I bring someone, I know that if it's their time and God moves on their heart, that there's going to be a place where, would you like to invite Jesus in your heart today? And that happens here. So that's a great part of our gatherings. Going through our values. Number four, groups. This is where real Christianity takes place. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. This is where belonging, caring, and spiritual growth happens best in our groups. And I know that as a church, we're expanding and we're getting larger and we're in a staff meeting. Yeah, it's a good thing. And my wife shared last week and I really loved it. And I, I just made a note of it. She goes, you know, as the church gets bigger, it gets smaller. Even as we get bigger, we get more small groups, and there's still times for intimate and uh, a small group setting. And although the church, you, you don't have to feel lost, there's tons of groups that you can get involved in. Uh, matter of fact, there is a brochure in the hallway, and I was looking through it, making some notes, and um, I even saw a sewing group in there. How cool is that? 
Here's a few other groups we have, and, and I, I apologize if I don't list your group. I just wanted to give, just, just touch a few. There's Celebrate Recovery on Monday evenings. Family Helping Families. Ladies Coffee and Fellowship. Who doesn't love a cup of coffee? And fellowship. Mission 22 Kids. Uh, a monthly men's breakfast. So we have all, all different kinds of groups. That's a part of who we are. That's a part of our DNA. That's how, that's how we flow. City groups. You know, and after we do our equip classes, 101, 201, 301, I love those classes. I get to teach uh, all the classes. And after you go through those, we even say, maybe you feel it's time for you or God's nudging you to start your own city group. And I just thinking through it, what could a group look like? Could it, it could be an exercise group. Could be an art group. I've had some fun fellowship around making pottery and stuff like that. What about a mountain biking group? How could, how could that be spiritual? Well, what if you, the guys and the gals, whoever comes, bring a, bring a verse that God's been on your heart and you share the verse? You do a ride at the end of your ride? How can we pray for one another? Look, it doesn't have to be too complex. Have a mountain biking group. Maybe a deep dive into the book of Romans. How creative can you be? So we do have groups here. and Maybe God would stir your heart to start a new group. Somebody's plugging the ladies' Friday Bible study up front. Hey, if you're sitting up front, you can plug your group. That's how that works. <clears throat> All right. Groups. Number five, these are the 10 Gs, the OGs, the original Gs of our house. Number five is growth. We are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. That is why we give the rest of our lives to living like Jesus, loving like Jesus, so that we can look like Jesus. So when I, when I think of growth, I think there's a couple ways we can grow. We can grow personally. And I do love this verse. I was, um, if I say I was weaned on a verse, does that mean I was, I was raised on a verse? Is that what the word weaned means? Help me out here. I know weaned off of. I was weaned on this verse. I think I'm using it right. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And I, I really, as a newborn, I took that word to heart. I just enjoyed the pure milk of the word. Matter of fact, one of the first, I started a, an, an internship with my pastor. He goes, you know, your first thing I want you to do, he goes, I just want you to read through the Bible front to back. And don't even look at commentary, just pure milk and just, and just do what, what God has for you. I cheated it a little bit. I got a spirit-filled life study Bible. I liked a few comments, and, and so I, but I read through the whole Bible, but I, did, I just wanted a couple. What does this mean? What is, I was so hungry. What does this mean? So we grow personally, but we also help others grow as well. How do muscles grow? Yeah, I, I, I hope they do. I think they do. I know Pastor Wendell Smith was teaching a sermon probably 20 years ago, and he said he just said that, you know, muscles grow through resistance. Well, what's the opposite of growing is, and there's a word called atrophy, and I, I looked it up, and atrophy means to decrease in size or a wasting away of a body part or tissue. I was really curious about that because we want to grow, but if you're not doing that resistance, you begin to atrophy. And I, I looked up, I was just searching around online, nothing real heavy, but I found at mountsinai.org, a medical hospital site. 
Scientists have found that a major reason people lose muscle is because they stop doing everyday activities that use muscle power, not just because they grow older. And for me, that means we need to get into the game. And I think as, and I've encouraged, I encourage us often, go through our equip classes, do equip 201. You get to do a spiritual gift test, which I think is one of the highlights of the program. Discover your spiritual gifts, how God made you to be, and begin to function in the body as God desires to, for you to function. Every part doing its share, what causes growth for the body, and watch your spiritual muscles begin to grow as you help others grow. Did I mention to sit one, serve one? You know, if you feel like, man, I, I don't know if I could commit to that. What about, thank you. What about, I would challenge you, what about just once a month? I think you will enjoy what you do when you realize and watch. There's a grace when you begin to be used by God. I think you'll enjoy it. Number six, generations. At Harbor City Church, we value people of all ages. The mature, middle-aged, and the young. You know, it's not just this is, this, we're it. In this room, this is it. And the kids, we'll throw a pretzel at them, you know, and just good luck. Go to the bathroom if you have to go. I get to serve in the nursery, and I, I like to hold the babies, and I try to sing little songs. I don't sing original gangster songs to the babies. I could, you know. No. And we get to minister to all ages here. Where did I end up? We thrive at realizing we need the wisdom, enthusiasm, and energy of all of us together. Generations working together is what brings out our best and inspires others that there is a place for them. You know, we have a really wonderful uh, City Kids director and Miss Mindy, as I call her, Teacher Mindy. And uh, she, she has them from birth all the way to the fifth grade. And then at sixth grade, uh, junior high through high, they get to come over with uh, my wife and myself or the youth pastors. And we've done something where... Oh, yeah. Wow. Cool. That's our, our youth group uh, at, a, at a youth conference. And we do a night when they graduate from fifth grade and go into sixth grade that Mindy brings them, introduces them to us. And we call it the Generation Pipeline. And we have a pipeline going. They go from city kids, they go to youth, and then they go to CAB, which is College and Beyond with Pastor Lois. And then they, they, they fall in love, meet someone, they have babies, and then they, they're all grown up and they move on. And then they serve back in city kids. And it's a generational, it's a generational flow. And I, do, I just I want to give a shout out to Pastor Lois because we, we look for breaks in the pipeline. And that college and, beyond, there were, college and beyond, there was a little bit of a break. God put it on her heart. She has done a fabulous job to repair the pipeline. And there's such a, there's such a great flow. So we believe in generations. God is interested in generations. It was said of David, David served the purposes of God in his generation. I mean, that's a good word for us. Will you serve the purpose of God in your generation? Um, for the Lord, Psalm 105, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Psalms 145, 13, your dominion endures through all generations. So we are a generation church. We don't just focus on one area, but we focus from birth until off with Jesus. Number seven, generosity. Love that word. We will lead the way as a church and individuals with crazy radical faith inspired by Holy Spirit generosity. We truly believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's actually, actually a verse. And I do want to thank you because I do believe this is a giving church. 
And I've made this statement before. If you've not checked out our kitchen, by the way, it's a nice kitchen. And um, I've said we have the nicest kitchen in town. Now, I don't know that it's true. I haven't gone around looking and sizing up other kitchens, but Lynn's maybe looked at a few more kitchens than I have and said, we have a nice kitchen. Why? Because of your giving and your generosity. And I got to have a fall fun party with my youth this last Thursday night. And this kitchen's used for all kinds of things to just uh, sit, fellowship, and have great ministry around meals. This is a part of our giving. This week, we're, because of your, your generosity, we are going to get an awesome floor. We have a team in. Team in. I see that the team is already here. They are ready to go. And uh, we are going to get up this beautiful orange linoleum and look at the concrete underneath. And this is a part of our, our giving. You know, with your giving, we help to build a hospital in Africa. So that's amazing. Somebody once said, if it is God's vision, it is his provision. God is faithful to provide. Now, I do want to read a little portion of scripture here in Philippians, just about giving. And this is from Paul writing to the church at Philippi. He writes, now you Philippians, you know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Wow, I like that. Paul was actually seeking the fruit. There's some fruit in your account. You, from your giving and your generosity, there is some fruit in your heavenly account. And he goes, indeed, I have all. I abound. I'm full. I receive from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. Watch. A sweet-smelling aroma an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Do you know that your giving makes it to the heavenly throne and God is well-pleased? It's just an, an aroma. and it ble- Your heart is a... When Jesus was born, it says they came and they worshiped him with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Your giving is an act of worship. And it, it's a, it is a, giving is a spiritual act. It's very spiritual. And we know ultimately God is not after our money. He is after our heart. But there's always a connection with heart and treasure. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But you've been faithful to give, and as you do that, it reaches up to God, and it's a a sweet-smelling aroma to him. Now watch this. And then he continues in verse 19, And my God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's aware of your needs. You're faithful to give, and it's an offering to him. He knows that, and he's going to provide for your need according to what? His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Number eight, godly, value eight, godly character. We will honor Christ and his church with integrity. If we live with integrity, nothing else matters. If we don't live with integrity, nothing else matters. Your integrity is the platform for your ministry. Without integrity, there is no long-lasting ministry. Now, I didn't know much about a character, even the word character, until I graduated high school and started an internship. Matter of fact, Pastor Michael told me, you're going to read through the Bible, and he also said, we're going to work on character. Now, I asked some of my youth, I've taught on character recently, what is character? And some responses might be like Batman or Robin. And if you, I actually looked it up in the dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary says, it can be a person in a novel, a play, or a movie. Okay? 
what kind of character are we after? There's another definition, which means the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. God is after our heart character. Galatians says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, nine fruit here, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And maybe God even spoke to you about one of those areas that I just, or maybe more, more than one area. I'm sure I'm working on more than one of those areas. And um, how will God help you to develop character? He will put you in situations where you can grow and develop character. I know for me, I've said this before, but I'm, I think I'm growing in patience. Or I'm trying to grow in patience. God's trying to grow in patience. My wife says, you don't think you're making much progress. And I was thinking about it when I when I, I live in Montesano and I come to church in Aberdeen. When you you come down the bluff towards Starbucks, I'm the guy that I'm counting cars. How many cars are in the left lane and how many in the right lane? And I'm 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 shifting lanes, man. I don't I don't want to wait. I'm not that patient. I I got somewhere to be. I'm not that important. I don't have anywhere to to be. So, but like I got to be there if, if I'm at the grocery store looking for the the shortest line. But my wife has learned this from hanging with me. I always pick the wrong line. If it's the shortest line, it will become the longest or slowest line or the gal can't find her debit card or, you know, the produce doesn't have the tag or whatever it is. So she, maybe, she just rolls with me. She knows that's the drill. God gives us opportunities to grow in character. Now, I've been a, a, part, a part of four churches, and maybe one of the things or a great favor or something I'm just blessed with is that I've always been a part of a great church. Never a, a shoddy church, just, just great churches. And I, I just want to take a moment to just speak to uh, our pastors, your leaders. Pastor Doug and Lois, J- Pastor Jimmy and Jess, even my wife. You guys are being led by and being modeled by men and women with godly character here. This is a good church. This is a safe church. Uh, this is a holy church. This is a church of integrity. Absolutely. I, I give our pastors a hand. We've all heard the horror stories, Right? I'm thankful I've never been a part of one of those horror stories. Okay, we're, we're in a good place. Number nine, maybe my most favorite one, getting a charge out of life. We will laugh hard, loud, and often nothing is more fun than serving God with people you love. I would hope that people would say that this is a fun group of people. We want to be a part of what they are doing. Now, when I was in high school, college, I worked in the summers for my dad and my uncles, their garbage company, San Juan Sanitation. And it was a tourist economy, so much so that like 75, I don't have the numbers, 80% of our garbage business was in like three months out of the year. So we worked hard. We worked our tails off. I would actually get kind of buff. You would be surprised looking at old Pastor Cameron all buffed out with his, with his, with his farmer tan. A heavy farmer tan. Driving my garbage truck like that. And after the end of the summer, we, we worked hard. We made some cash. We moved a lot of garbage. And the kids would say, man, it smells funny. It's stinky. My dad would say, it smells like money to me. So I, he didn't mind too much. And at the end of the summer, working hard and stinking real bad, my uncle would say, we worked hard. Now let's play hard. And so I like that. He with my youth. We work hard, and I'm I just bragging on the junior high, high school boys. We did some city groups last, last quarter, and 
These guys went through line by line, the entire, every single proverb, we talked about it. And, and I like to say, guys, we're going to work hard. We're going to put the work in. We're going to, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved to God, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we put the work in, but then we're going to put some play in too. So, so we like to play hard as well. There's a, a few photos to share. As I mentioned this last Thursday night at youth, uh, we had uh, fun. We had music. We had pizza. We played games. These guys were seeing how tall they could build a tower with spaghetti noodles and marshmallows. Those girls there did pretty good, but I don't think they won. So we had fall fun party. Uh, something else we do, just getting it, talking about, we just want to get a charge out of life together. This is the Mariners game. This is actually, yeah, some of us went. A faith and family day. And... Um, they opened it up to the churches, and they put Harbor City Church on the Jumbotron. The Mariners tied, their, tied the home run record, their previous home run record, seven home runs, including a grand slam. I mean, you invite the church in, great things are going to happen. So we do Mariners game, uh, family, uh, Faith and Family Day, and also there's another photo of some of our team rafting. I see Jen, I see Jess, Kim, Echo, Lynn, you're there, your son. So we get to do, if you, how many of you would love to go rafting sometime? And zip lining? Lynn, you've got a crew here. There are some guys that are interested. And last, just kind of as we, la- as we land the plane here, finally, number 10, the giving of our lives. We give up things we love for things we love even more. It's an honor to sacrifice and serve Christ and his church. First John says this, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. Jesus is the ultimate example of sacrifice and laying down his life. And then he continues, and we also want to lay down our lives for the brethren. So Jesus sets the example of giving his life, and we also want to give our lives in sacrifice. John 15 says this, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Will you give of your life? What are you willing to sacrifice to serve others? It might mean taking a night out of the week to join a small group or start a small group. Maybe it means serving at a Sunday service for the first time. Maybe taking some time throughout the week, maybe a set time to pray for someone or pray for the lost, pray for your pastors, pray for your community. Maybe serving the homeless, maybe taking care of widows and the orphans. There are widows here in our community. There are orphans here as well. I know my wife and I, we have the privilege that we are, uh, we do like respite foster care and not all the time, but sometimes there's a, there's a need that we're able just to, to sacrifice, open our home and invite, invite children in. So where can you give of your life? And as I said previously, Jesus himself gave of himself. He was the ultimate sacrifice. John 12 says this, Verse 32, and, if, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. When was he lifted up? He was lifted up on the cross, but because he was lifted up, he said, I will draw all peoples to myself. Maybe you feel like you're being drawn by the master this morning. Philippians 2.8 says, my final verse, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Would you all stand with me this morning? 
So those are our 10 values. But as I said previously, something we love to do here is give anyone who has not had the opportunity or taken the, or not been nudged to give their life to Jesus, we're gonna do that right now. If everybody just bow their heads with me right now. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus as the Lord of your life, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. Because with the mouth, you confess to salvation. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. If you would like to invite Jesus into your life, if you'd like to know that you're born again, the Bible says clearly that today is the day of salvation. If you confess me before men, Jesus said, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. If that's you and you'd like to make a commitment, invite Jesus into your life, would you raise your hand this morning? And I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. Are there any? Be bold, I see the hand, but I, be bold, be bold. One, anybody else? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. All right, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. You guys just repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be my boss, my savior, my friend, and my king. And lead me by the way I should go all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give them a hand clap? That's a gr Angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. That, that's, that's the greatest miracle of all, the new birth. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Lo, all things have become new. Watch for God to do something new in your life. All right, I would like to invite our prayer team forward right now. And if you have a prayer request, a prayer need, like Pastor Jimmy said earlier, it could be financial, it could be physical. I even like to say, maybe you've been praying for someone. You want someone just to agree with you in prayer. You can bring that prayer forward as well. We're gonna worship for a few minutes. Come on forward.